everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. People want to know who's behind the brand. And people want to know, like, they want to be able to connect with you. They want to know that, like, you're a mom or that you had cancer or that this, that, and the other. Like, they want to know that so they can connect to your brand and buy your product or, you know, go to your establishment. Welcome, everyone, to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today, we're talking with Melinda Jackson, owner of Melinda Jackson Public Relations. With over 10 years of experience, Melinda takes an untraditional approach to public relations, branding, and influencer marketing. Having worked on Grammy and PRSA award-winning campaigns, Melinda has a proven track record of helping clients grow their businesses and careers. Melinda, welcome to Hustle & Gather. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We've already enjoyed the Uh pre-conversation. I'm loving the level of swearing that... Feels matches get ready. Hide the your kids. Last two people that we had on here didn't swear at all. Oh, no. They said like "gosh" and "heck" and "oh no." Darn. And so then you have to like temper yourself. So mm-hmm. I'm like thinking more yeah, clearly about what I'm saying. Well, so thanks for thanks for sharing. Yeah. Open it up, ladies. Yeah. Thanks Let's for being a badass bitch. <laughs> That's, That's me. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, untraditional approach to public relations. Let's talk about that journey and how you got started. Yeah. I was born and raised in North Carolina. I grew up in a very small town called Irwin. No one ever knows where that is. I know where that is. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Literally, the Dunn line runs through my backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, But my dad says, you know, we are not from Dunn. We're from Irwin. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so grew up in Irwin, uh, 4,000 people. Uh, Went to Campbell, which is equally as small. I was a cheerleader there, uh, which was pretty cool. But- for me going to Campbell, like there were people I went to kindergarten with that I graduated mm, college wow. with because it was right there. Right. It was 10 minutes away. So when I graduated, I was like, fuck this, moving <laughs> to California. Um, yeah, so joint. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I immediately moved to LA, knew no one, had no jobs, anything mm. like that. Um, I graduated in 2009, so it was during the recession. Mm-hmm. Nothing was available. So I literally paid this girl $500 to share a room in her apartment with her. I slept on the floor. I didn't even have a bed. Um, And I literally hustled, like the definition of hustled. I had three internships at once, worked at Forever 21, was a cheerleading coach in the Valley, babysat, did everything I could, tray pass, worked events, Mm -hmm. anything I could just to get money to survive Mm -hmm. and to be able to work these unpaid internships Mm -hmm. and get enough experience and my name out there enough to get a full-time job. So mm-hmm. it took me about a year and then I finally got a full-time job and worked my way up from there. So it was awesome working in entertainment. I worked at my firm, but then we we also worked with other firms that didn't have LA offices. So I got to handle a lot of, you know, bigger New York clients in LA. So take them to award shows and things like that, um, or just handle their media day. And then I also helped out with other friends that also worked at PR firms or event firms. And through mm-hmm. that, I got to, you know, work a lot of huge parties um, mm-hmm. and events and um, 
not going to say his name on here because I don't want to get sued, but um, a certain producer that is currently in jail for a lot of really sketchy stuff Mm -hmm. um, worked all of his Oscar parties and things like that. And so, yeah. So, I mean, it was just as amazing as you would think Mm -hmm. it it was, but got paid very little, um, was burning a candle at both ends at Mm -hmm. all times, and then just got super burned out after like seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I moved back to North Carolina five years ago and worked at an advertising agency for a while, was a PR and social media director, and then realized like I can do so much more for my clients by Mm -hmm. myself. You don't have red tape. You don't have other people that are telling you, you know, what you can and can't do. So yeah, I started my company three years ago and, you know, here we are. It's, it's just awesome. And, and I'm not like a typical publicist. I don't have the typical like corporate PR background, send a press release, hope it works. Like, I'm just like, let's figure out what the fuck we want to do and what we want to say. And let's just try, you know, cause it it doesn't hurt to try and let's go from there. So I first off love your story about the hustle, because I think you meet people that really have that genuine ability and drive to hustle. And then there's some people that just expect it to be, well, I went to school, mm-hmm. therefore I should just be given this job, yep. you know, I, that just makes sense. That's why I've been told it's like that myth of college education in general. But was there like a break? Was there like a pivot, to- a turning point um, other than obviously busting your ass to get where you're going? But was there someone that kind of helped lift you up to that next level? No. Mm. honestly no like and I say that because I try to be that person for other people Mm -hmm. no it it was nothing besides Mm -hmm. like you know the first full-time job giving me a chance right there was no one Mm -hmm. that was the extent like I had to teach myself everything I I knew no one when I moved to LA and I'm just one of those people I I say I collect people everywhere I go like I just make (laughs) friends and you know whatever to talk to everybody. That sounds like a full-time job for you too, here lately. I know. <laughs> Maintaining these friends. I know. I know. Yeah. I have so many people everywhere, but mm-hmm. um, I just like collect people everywhere I go. And it was just one of those things, like I'm very woo-woo and I just, mm-hmm. I know that like intuitively I'm like, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And my parents did not want me to go. They said, if you go, we're cutting you off. Oh. And I was like, bye. I left. <laughs> I had no money. I drove, I packed my shit and I drove across But were the you paying for your own cell phone? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's truly cut yes, off. That's so truly, truly cut that's literally it's cut off. Like everything. So I, I mean, I've been paying for my cell phone since I was 16 because they said I, that was when you had to pay for texts. Oh, yes. yes. So oh, I, I racked yes. up the bill. So mm-hmm. I, I've had to pay for it since then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was no one, like yeah. literally no one. And so I, I think back through the years and like, yeah, people have helped me out small here and there, but like, it's always been just me trusting my gut and knowing mm-hmm. like, I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what my boss says, whoever mm-hmm. else. Like this is like, truly trusting yourself and knowing like intuitively like this is what I have to do right and I mean moving to LA it was like that and I I think about like all those big decisions in my life and I tell my parents I'm like every big decision in my life you guys have told me to do one thing and I've done the complete opposite and every single time it's what I actually needed to do and I'm Mm -hmm. like it's no fault on you guys Mm -hmm. but it's just trusting myself and knowing like Hmm. what I'm supposed to do. So I'm sorry that was not the right answer no, that you that, wanted. No, no, no. It's not. It's, there isn't a wrong answer to it. I think it's, I I feel like when I love the honesty of it, because I think that there is sometimes this myth for people like, I'll work hard, but there'll be this big break. There'll be this mm-hmm. this thing that'll save me, that'll get me to that next yep. level. And I think it's really true and authentic. They're like, no, dude, like I just had to hustle it really yeah. hard for a really long time. And probably work a job you didn't really love, mm-hmm. even though it was, a, I don't, and maybe you can speak to that. Was that full-time job you got? Was that exactly what you wanted or was that just? No, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't my dream firm or anything like that. Like I had my sights set on my dream firm, but mm-hmm. then it was also one of those things where I worked there for like six years mm-hmm. and I should have left 
two years in. Right. But I stayed with the the sinking ship, thinking right. like, you know, loyalty. And, you know, my parents are probably like your parents and saying like, you know, you work somewhere until the day you die. Yep. And like, you stay loyal to those people because they gave you a chance. Right. But when they're not paying you enough, mm-hmm. right. you're not necessarily aligned with the clients, especially in PR. Like you have to believe in who sure. you have. Yeah. Um, and when you, you your values maybe don't align. And like, I'm not speaking ill on them. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for my time there. And I learned a lot and I got to do a lot. But I should have left a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. And and then when I finally did leave, I got a job at my dream firm. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, all my dreams are going to come true. Like, this is it. I was so burned out. And I settled for a job at my dream firm in a division that I hated, that I mm-hmm. shouldn't have been in. And mm-hmm. it was a very toxic situation. They had a very high turnover rate. And my life was miserable for six months until my body literally shut down. And I was like, I have to fucking move back to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Right. Like, yeah. can't do it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair to look at a, a circumstance or a situation and say this has the time has has fulfilled. Like it, I've I've hit the end of the road for this, mm-hmm. and a lot of us do continue on that like dirt path where we should have stopped at when the pavement stopped. <laughs> yeah. Right? And um, do you feel like if you would have left that job sooner, that that dream job would have been different, or we would have had a different position? There? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I was always getting sent, you know, jobs from people at bigger firms or like at record labels and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think had I left, I would probably, I mean, my life obviously would look very different right now. Sure. I would probably be running a PR division at a record label or at mm-hmm. a bigger firm or something like that right now. Mm-hmm. I would definitely still be in LA or in New York or somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, working a very higher level job than I am. But I mean, it all obviously works out sure. the way it should because yeah. right now I'm able to work one-on-one with my clients and help them grow their businesses mm-hmm. and help them help impact their lives so much more than I would be able to if I was at a huge label where, you know, you have 30 to 40 artists that you're trying to work with and everybody just gets a little bit of your time. Mm -hmm. You would have just been delaying the inevitable. Yeah, exactly. Because there is is something I think about an entrepreneur that it's just, it's deep inside your bones. And there would have been a point when you were like, even if it was a dream job, even if it was a great successful like head of a of a department, like saying like, hey, this, this still isn't feeding what I need. Exactly. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs and I kind of always knew I wanted to work for myself. And so going into those initial interviews in LA, mm. they always ask, you know, where, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I would always say, I want to have my own company. And then <laughs> literally like 10 years to the day, I had yeah. my own company. Yeah, and I was like, awesome. holy shit. Like I quit my job. I was like, wait, this is a thing. Like I manifested yeah. this. Like, whoa, yeah. like I hadn't even thought about it, you know? Speaking Courtney's woo woo. Oh, there. I'm all about manifestation. <laughs> we can too. we can deep dive into that. We can that, deep honey. dive into that. I will too. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're about to. Uh, this is total side note. Teach a class next fall at our alma mater. We both just have bachelor's degrees and nothing even related to what we are going to be teaching. Mm-hmm. And we're working in this spring to get our adjunct professorship established mm-hmm. to be able to teach this class. And it's something that I manifested like five or six years ago. I was like, it would be so cool to be back in academia and teach yeah. a class or whatever. But I had no idea like what it would be about or what it would be on. But uh, then it happened one day. They asked us to. And I was like, whoa. You put it out so there bizarre. and you held on to it. And like, that's the thing about manifestation. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if we're going to get really into it, some people are specific manifestors. Some people are not specific yeah. manifestors. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your human design is, but I am a specific manifestor. So I have to list out every single thing and I have to truly envision what is going to look like, what, yeah. what's going to feel like, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then that's how I can, like, call it in. No, I'm, like, a little mm-hmm. bit more like, mm, this is where the river's taking yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I should paddle this way. Yeah. Oh, that looks good. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, I ended up here. I had yeah. no idea. 
how that was going to happen, but it happened. But, but you trust and yeah. like you hold on to that vision, and that's so important. But I feel like one of the things that I really connect with you is I'm a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I trust my gut yeah. above all else in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's led me wrong, but most of the time it's led me right. And I think like being a really intuitive person, I, th- I think is an important part of entrepreneurship. I think being able to trust yeah. your gut. Yeah, but I think I I would like to counter that. The, the times when you feel like you were wrong, it's because I, I don't think it's because you trusted your gut. I think it's because you second guessed it and uh-huh. you thought that it was actually saying something. And when you can go back to the moment and that initial decision making. You're like, well, that was just indigestion. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyway, all that to say, um, what I kind of find is, and I'll check in with myself and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Is this my anxiety brain or is this my intuition? Mm-hmm. Am I, is this a scarcity mindset or am, yes. do I really know? Yeah. And like, you can tell, you can tell like if your nervous system is mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, fight or flight. Right. Or if it's like, nope, hard pass. Like right. we got to walk away mm-hmm. from this. And sometimes they come together, you know, right. but that's definitely something I try to do is like, back up a second. I'm like, okay, let's think about this. Well, yeah. And it's reminding yourself of core truths again. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get into these things and we'll start, we're starting to make some decisions and we fight a lot. Like we bicker a lot and we'll get back to the root of it. And I said, let's get back to the core truth of why we're having this conversation and what we're trying to decide. Because you, I feel like once you start thinking about a problem, you can start thinking about all the other problems around it. Mm-hmm. And you're really trying to make this instinctual decision based on this one thing. But all these other factors are starting to play into that decision-making. You're like, no, no. What are we deciding right now? We're deciding this. We're not deciding all these other things around it. Mm -hmm. And let's get back to, like, the core truth of what we're trying to do. Because we get get bogged down in the emotions of it. Exactly. More Mm -hmm. than anything. We can make very clear business decisions, but sometimes those decisions hurt people. Mm -hmm. Not, like, in a malicious way, but maybe it's because we have to let somebody go. Yeah. Or because we've realized that they're just not a great fit. And it's really hard to not be emotionally attached to this person that you care about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. But at the end of the day, they're just not the best fit. Yeah, and, you know? but that's where boundaries come into play. And that's right. been the fucking theme of my <sighs> life this year. Yeah. I'm just like boundaries. boundaries. And I'm, I'm so good about boundaries with my family. I'm mm. so bad about boundaries with my friends mm. or like people that I love or whatever. Mm. And it's like, okay, I have to set a boundary and I have to, this is going to be better for both of us. And right mm-hmm. now it really fucking sucks. Yeah. In two or three days, you're going to feel so much better. And I've had that in my life recently where like I set a hard boundary and it was so hard to do. But then I was like, oh my God, I haven't had anxiety in like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, like mm-hmm. my appetite's back. And like, right. I'm not in fight or flight anymore. And it's like, mm-hmm. I set this boundary and we both feel okay about it. Right. And like, mm-hmm. we don't hate each other. We can still talk. Mm-hmm. It's just you have the boundary and now you know. And like mm-hmm. when things start to get a little fishy again, you're like, let's go back to the boundary. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like you have good boundaries in your work life? Like Absolutely in- not. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay, I no. do not. Oh, God. No. And that's because like PR is such a 24-7 job. Yeah. And I, I, I have an intern, but like I work alone. I mm-hmm. live alone. I'm always alone. And so it's so easy just to sit there on my computer and be like, well, I could find this other person to reach out to. Or maybe mm-hmm. if I do this, maybe I do this. Mm-hmm. And I just keep working, keep working. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I've worked all day long and like what has it gotten me mm. and I, I could have done this yesterday you know but instead right. I just yeah I, I have to get better about it yeah. and I'm really bad about admittedly like not following up on invoices mm. and like I have so <laughs> many yeah. outstanding invoices right now and I'm like they'll get it to me whenever they want no fuck that yeah. like mm-hmm. I need to pay my rent need I need to pay, pay my rent. taxes That's like I, I gotta do this yeah. <laughs> you gotta do those things yeah, yeah. I know but that, I, I feel like I Whenever I've been in any kind of session with like a therapist, they're like, oh, this work-life balance and 
and these boundaries and your job. And it's like, well, obviously you're not speaking to entrepreneurs yeah. because boundaries are the hardest thing to draw yeah. because it's not, it's, it feels like you're, you're creating a boundary with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a boundary with your employees or yeah. your clients. It's with you. Yeah. And that's what really you have hard. to do that. I know, but it's really hard to look at yourself and say, you're being a pain in my ass right <laughs> exactly. now. Yeah. Don't cross this boundary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. And when it comes to that, mm-hmm. I think like, me and my therapist, she like, cause she gets it. Cause she's like, I'm an entrepreneur too. So mm-hmm. she's really good about understanding that thankfully. But you know, then we figured out, okay, when I start to feel that way, like how can I step away? What's something I can do for myself? And like right. mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, I don't have a nine to five anymore. My day can literally be like, I worked three hours sending emails. Well, then I'm depending on everybody else to get back to me oh, because right. there's only so much I can do. Right. So I have to release so much control, which is whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. It's so it's so hard for me. It's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I have to release so much control and just trust that it's going to work. And then I can't just sit there and spiral about it. Like, I need to go on a walk. I need to go mm-hmm. and figure out some self-care. And self-care for me is not taking a fucking bubble bath. I hate that shit. I don't want to <laughs> sit there in a fucking, in water. I don't want to do that. Like, I need to get out. I need to go do something, you mm-hmm. know? You need to move your body. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's so funny because my self-care is doing absolutely nothing. It oh, is, I can't. It is sitting in a bath reading a book or vegging out in front of the TV. Yeah. Which my husband thinks is the craziest thing. Yeah. He's like, why don't you get them to take a walk? I'm like, that's not what I want to do. No, I get stir <laughs> crazy. I can't do it. Yeah. So did you have an oh shit moment, we like to ask this, when you were starting Melinda Jackson PR? Like, was there a moment where you're like, this isn't going to work and you like regretted the decision or thought it's all falling apart? Oh, yeah. So I think COVID for me was the opposite of everybody else. So mm-hmm. like- when I initially quit my job, I did the okay. So back back up. So talking about manifestation and all that stuff, I I follow the to be magnetic like mm-hmm. program, which is Lacey Phillips. She has a podcast. She's really great. She has a whole like, for lack of a better term, like program on manifestation and all this shit. So anyway, mm-hmm. I do all of her work, and it's really cool. So how it's, to be productively woo woo? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yes. So essentially, it's it's workshops. But it's all based in like science as well. So like mm-hmm. it's like you can do it alongside having therapy. And it's like you're unpacking a lot of stuff. So anyway, sure. all this to say, she always tells people, you know, when they're jumping off the cliff to quit their job and go to something else or whatever, you're supposed to have a fuck you fund, which is mm-hmm. you have to have your money, you know, all your as money saved up as like in case you're like, fuck you to your job. You have to have this money saved mm-hmm. up. I didn't have anything. I was yeah. just like, I can't work at this job anymore. Again, for me, it's all very physical when I get in those situations mm-hmm. Like my body goes into fight or flight and it shuts down. And that's mm-hmm. what was happening again. And so I was like, now I know I have to leave. Like the universe is forcing me out of this. God, right. whoever is forcing me out. So I had taken like one or two freelance clients and I knew that one freelance client could pay my rent. And I was like, I'm good. As long as I can pay my rent, I can figure the rest out. So I jumped off that cliff, did not have a fuck you fun. And I was just <laughs> like, okay, it's fine. So then it all just started rolling in. And like the second people knew I was working for myself, it all started rolling in. And like, you know, I was taking $500 here, what $700 here, whatever people could pay I was doing mm-hmm. just to kind of grow my business. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. And during COVID, all these businesses started pivoting and they were coming to me and they're like, okay, we need exposure yeah, during sure. COVID. Right. Here's our money. And I would work with people on their budgets and figure it out. And yeah. then, you know, paid off all my debt, paid off all my bills, all my credit cards for the first time in my adult life. <laughs> I had all my taxes paid, <laughs> got my Louis Vuitton bag. I was like, yes fuck yes like I'm doing this mm-hmm. whatever October of last year everybody starts running out of money mm-hmm. because they had been in COVID for almost a year at this point right. all my clients run out of money all my clients go on hiatus which a lot of people go on hiatus November to December anyway because right. the holidays and it's the end of the year nobody has mm-hmm. money so it's like okay whatever 
nothing picked back up until like April. So I was literally in the negative. I was like racking up all my credit cards again, just like figuring out what Mm -hmm. I could do. And I still had clients coming in, but I literally had the opposite of everybody for Mm -hmm. COVID. And I was just like, fuck me. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do? And I I trusted I knew it was going to come back in, but I was like, this is some bullshit. And like, I had stuff going on in my personal life where I realized like, oh, I'm focusing on other people and and not my Mm -hmm. work. And I think now I've kind of gotten better about it. Again, setting boundaries and and figuring out my stuff. And now things are picking up. And so Mm -hmm. I'm good. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm swamped right now. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of my old shit moment of like, why the fuck did I do that? And, you know, my mom was like, well, do you need to go get a regular job? I'm like, this is a regular job. Are you kidding me? Like, this is just how business works. Mm -hmm. But again, that was my moment too of like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I've been really lucky up until now. Like, this sucks. (laughs) So what lesson did you learn from that? Like how, like if you were to go back in time, what would you have changed so that you maybe didn't have that oh shit moment? Yeah, definitely like having the the boundaries with my personal life Mm -hmm. and realize like, oh, because I'm a very codependent person. It doesn't matter who I am, who like is around me, mm-hmm. friends, dating, whatever. It's like, I want to take care of every single person in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I want to put all their problems first. And like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're putting like three or four people's problems before yours mm-hmm. and you're not focusing on your business and your mm-hmm. livelihood, like that's fucked. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, like I should put myself first, which I'm yeah. better about it now. But yeah. that, yeah, that's definitely my thing. Yeah. So I mean, is there like a particular like special or like great moment that got you through all of that? Like that you believe was like super influential, like on the other side of it? I yeah. In the middle of it, it's like all doom and gloom. Is there like a pivot point for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I just had a bunch of little wins along the way mm-hmm. that I just had to keep holding on to yeah. and just being like, okay, it's going to work. It's going to work. Like, you know, getting a small client here and there, you know, getting client referrals. And I'm very lucky. Like I've never, I've only pitched one client potential client in my whole life and I got them mm-hmm. everybody else has been referrals everyone else has come wow. to me yeah Amazing. so yeah I'm very very lucky but yeah I don't I don't ever want to feel like that again I'm <laughs> like no we got to sign some like six-month contracts with people mm-hmm. and like hold oh, them yeah. hold them to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I wouldn't even say you were lucky I really think that when you talk about your story and how hard you worked and how much you put yourself out there that I don't think it was luck that got no. you these clients yeah. these referrals yeah it's, it's the fact that you like really good at what you do mm-hmm yeah, so. I know. I should say that. I'm you bad at doing my own that. PR. But yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I know I'm good at what I do. And like, right. I, I maybe am not always very confident in a lot of things in my life, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I know I'm really fucking good at my job. Yeah. And like, I'm, again, like, I'm not a typical publicist. A typical publicist writes a press release and sends it out and hopes it works. Mm-hmm. You know, they BCC everybody and they mass send it. I don't do that shit. Mm-hmm. I'll do it if I have to. But for the most part, I'm like, let's individually pitch people. Let's come up with really unique angles that work. Mm-hmm. And like, let's tell your actual story. Yeah. Because People want to know who's behind the brand. Right. And people right. want to know, like, they want to be able to connect with you. They want to know that, like, you're a mom or that you had cancer or that this, that, and the other. Like, they want to know that so they can connect to your brand and buy your product or, you know, go to your establishment or whatever. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think that's very true, too. It's so weird, I think, when you're in a, a public-facing uh, industry mm-hmm. that people – and you, I was, people would ask those questions all the time. Like, they want to hear, like, how would you get started? And then you saw, so you say the same story over and over again. I'm like, why do people even care? Yeah. Like, why do they care? Yeah. But, People really want to feel connected to what they're buying, what they're purchasing, mm-hmm. and what they're spending their money on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always use this example that I had a client who was like a jazz saxophone player, and we couldn't get him shit. Like, we couldn't get him anything. <laughs> well, then we found out that he goes on, like, long-distance bike rides when he's on tour. So we're, we got him a bunch of cycling press, you know, mm-hmm. because they want to know, you know. Right. And so yeah. it's things like that that mm-hmm. I always try to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's interesting cool. when people, like— care about or invested in we were walking in the mall one day and someone stopped and it was like 
Are you Courtney and Dana? It's like, yes. We're Celeb signing. We were wearing masks. Too, oh, you were wearing masks. Like the and then thing. they're like, do you, you own the Bradford? We're like, yes, we do. And she started talking about it. I was like, so bizarre. Yeah. So, so weird. Because you don't think about that oh, no. at all. Like, you're just doing your thing, head mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Do, and we're not even, like, super the face of the Bradford any yeah. longer. Because yeah. we have a lot of people that work there. Like, yeah. We don't even interact with clients or on the thing. So it was mm-hmm. very, very weird. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's amazing what people, like, latch on to. Oh, for and sure. find important. And and that's one reason why, like, on like on my personal social media, I always try to talk about mental health. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, my anxiety is bad. My depression is bad. This is what a panic attack feels like. This mm-hmm. is what helps me, you know, things like yeah. that. And so that's something that so many people don't want to talk about and that they experience, mm-hmm. but they want to know, like, mm-hmm. what can help. And so I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go on there having a full-blown panic attack and be like, this is what it looks like. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And people connect with that so mm-hmm. much. And I get messages all the time from people that are like, thank you, because, like, my husband was going through that and I didn't know how to help him. But like, yeah, you saying that, like, maybe I don't need to just hound him. I need to leave him alone for a few minutes, you right. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think there is something different about like where, because you're similar in age. Yeah. Like you I graduated in 2009, I graduated in 2006 from school. So, and you were in 2001. Mm-hmm. You're the old one here, but that's fine. <laughs> it's, fine. Um, it's fine. Grandma. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But there is so much stigma around mental health. Mm-hmm. And I know that I really applaud the millennial Gen Z. I think we're technically millennials, but whatever, yeah. for really trying to change that narrative mm-hmm. and really try to say, like, this isn't something we should be ashamed of. But there still is that stigma yeah. that when you say, like, I have I have anxiety or I feel I'm go- I'm getting in a depressive cycle, mm-hmm. right? Like, because I definitely go into, like, these these waves. Yeah. And my waves, my they're normally short, but they they sometimes they come quicker and sometimes they're longer in between. Yeah. And it's always related to my world around me mm-hmm. and it being an upheaval. Yep. I don't like change. I don't like any of that mess. I call it no weak links. Yeah. I'm like, no weak links. There cannot be any weak links because if there is, I'm going to spiral the fuck out. Yes, that's exactly how I <laughs> yeah. feel. That's exactly the truth. So, well, but that I, kind of sounds exhausting, though, if you can't have any weak links. I know. I know. <laughs> Welcome but it, to our it's, lives. It's like a control thing. Yeah. It's, oh, 100%. It, it's, it's when you feel out of control. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting. So I was um, totally not even what I was talking about. But on that same note, one of the things I feel like I can control and I've learned is I can control my health. Like, I can mm-hmm. control how I feel. Yep. And when I find myself getting into a place where, like, I felt I felt very out of control in the past week and a half. So I was like, I'm going to focus on what I'm putting in my body. I'm going to focus on my breakfast. Yep. I'm going to focus on my lunch. I'm going to focus on how much water I'm drinking mm-hmm. because I feel like I can control that. Yep. Like I can control. And what it I'm physically in my body. helps a chemical imbalance in your body. Yes. So when your body is fueled and it has all of that stuff, you're going to get out of fire fly. Right. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's just, if you think about it in like terms of chemistry yeah. and like biology, you're like, okay, this makes sense. And it makes you not feel crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I told my husband, I was like, I can almost understand even the psychology behind eating disorders, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. I can see how when they say, like, I just wanted to control this one part yep. of my life because everything else was so out of control. 100%. And and that's something, like, and, I, and I'll, I will always talk about it. Like, I have a history of disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I thought it was okay. But then, you know, the past year when things, my business was, you know, mm-hmm. kind of out of control, not really out of control, but it wasn't mm-hmm. as good as I wanted it to be, I realized, like, oh, I'm, like, not hungry anymore. And everyone's like, oh, like, you look so good. You're losing all this weight. And I did lose all this weight, but it's because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, never eating. Mm. And I feel like death all the time. And I'm like, Mm. oh, okay, this all makes sense. I'm trying to control what I put in my body. I'm trying to, you know, control every single thing in my life because I don't feel like I have any control. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to step back into that. And, like, now, thankfully, I recognize it. And I'm like, okay, what can we do? And let's figure this out. And let's do better. And, you know, 
whatever, but you also have to give yourself grace. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think to your point that as much as you're the, everyone's business felt out of control mm-hmm. because of there was something so out of our control. Yeah. Like, I couldn't control what the governor was going to go in exactly. there and say. Exactly. So. I mean, we can't even control people wearing their masks or right. getting a vaccine. So how can we control anything else? You Nothing, know, because yeah. people are just going to do whatever they want to do anyway, right. no matter what the laws are. So it's yes. just it's shit all around. Yeah. <laughs> so just please just stop. <laughs> Make it stop. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that I think that is. I understand how entrepreneurs have almost that uh, higher instance of mental oh, yeah. health issues, like whether that's anxiety or whether that's depression or something like that, because I feel like so much of entrepreneurship, there is, you do have a lot of control, mm-hmm. but you also can feel very out of control yeah. very quickly. And my job, I have no control. There's a lot of stuff I have no control over. Sure. I have control over my client's message, but I have no control what anybody does with it. Or if or they're even going to cover it. it or Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once it leaves, I, I can only do so much. And then then I have to figure out, okay, if it goes wrong, then I have to yeah. figure out how to control it. So it's it's all a mess. It's all a mess. <laughs> so what are some pieces of, of advice you'd give to entrepreneurs, people that are just trying to get themselves out there, like from like, I guess, I guess a PR perspective? Yeah. Um, something I always tell people is like, really just make sure your message is consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure, you know, if like, if you're posting on social, make sure it's all consistent, mm-hmm. not like, something really crazy on Facebook and something very different on Instagram. Like you want, you want to like that brand recognition is so important. So you want to make sure everything's consistent. So nobody has any questions. And like, Mm. if they hear your name, they know what you're synonymous with and they Mm -hmm. know what you're about. And then also just figure out easy ways to cross promote with other businesses Mm -hmm. and collaborate and, and do things that make sense because a lot of people will try a lot of things and it doesn't make sense and it gets even more confusing. So if you're going to do some kind of cross-promotion or collaboration, make sure it works. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously you guys are a venue, so you probably do a lot of stage weddings mm-hmm. and, you know, have, you know, the wedding magazines come in and take mm-hmm. pictures and you're collaborating with the florist and the the models and the wedding dress maker right. and all these people. So, like, that's a very normal, typical thing to do. And at the end of the day, it's all being photographed at your venue. It's all your – the venue name is going to be in all the publications mm-hmm. – so that's something normal, mm-hmm. you know? So try to find things like that, mm-hmm. that that are easy, like that aren't going to be like time consuming right. or cost a lot of money that you can really try. Because a lot of people don't have money for PR or marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, those are like the two things I really always tell people. Mm-hmm. Figure, Make sure everything's consistent, but then figure out like little things with like some other entrepreneurs that kind of help everybody mm-hmm. because you're going to cross promote and you're going to all reach each other's audiences. Yeah. So that's one really good advice. question that I have is, talking to like a small business someone who maybe has you know tight budgets Mm -hmm. or whatnot like when is that PR crucial do you think for their business yeah so a lot of times I mean it it really is situational based Mm -hmm. and some people will come to me and I'm like you don't need it Mm -hmm. like you don't have the budget and you don't need it it's gonna be a waste of my time to do it I can tell you what to do Mm -hmm. and just go do it and I don't care like I'm happy to tell you but I think once things start to feel like they're kind of too big for you or Mm -hmm. and like it's out, kind of out of your control or like you just absolutely do not have time and energy and you just can't come up with the mm-hmm. ideas anymore. That's kind of when you should pull somebody in. Yeah. Well, that's great yeah. advice. And I love that you didn't say it was for, for uh, you should always have PR. No, because. no. I mean, and I'm, I'm very like realistic with that kind of yeah. stuff. People come to me all the time. I'm like, you don't need PR. Like I'll honestly have a client right now and I'm just like, they don't need PR. They, they don't, they'll need PR in six months. They don't need it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not even going to invoice them. There's no point. I'll right. just kind of tell them stuff to do right now. Right, right. So what do you think has been the biggest reward after, like, stepping away and going out on your own? Like, what's 
That's um, been the payoff, the biggest payoff. Oh for my you. god, being my own boss is just the best. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't have anybody to answer to except for my clients, mm-hmm. and like being able to travel and do whatever I want. Like this week, my friend is in town, and we went to the beach for mm-hmm. a day. And like as long as I got my emails done, it was fine. Mm-hmm. We just got back from Asheville yesterday. As long as I got my emails done, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I went on like a week hiking trip in Zion and the Grand Canyon in August, mm-hmm. and like. Again, as long as I got my emails done, as long as I had like an hour or two and my friend was driving. So as long as I was, you know, on my phone doing my emails, like we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so just being able to like go and do that and be able, I have two nephews, you know, being able to come and go as I please and hang mm-hmm. out with them or like have sleepovers or whatever. Like that's been really fun. So just being able to have a real life, yeah. I think has yeah. been the best thing for me. Sounds like that's some awesome. great work-life integration. Oh uh, yeah, know. I know. That's where it is nowadays. I probably should have said like, helping my clients grow their businesses, but like that's that's a token that's going to be there anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, right, I, right, I, right. I need to focus on myself so like yeah. I can do good work for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I think, I think you have totally to stay true. inspired too to be exactly. in that like, industry. You'd yeah. have to constantly be feeding that creative yeah. side so you can create for other people. And like I said, I collect people everywhere I go. So yeah. like if I'm in Zion, you know, hiking Angel's Landing, like who knows who I'm going to meet and talk <laughs> to and, you know, become friends with. So sure. yeah, nice. So anything exciting coming up? Any like great projects you're working on or anything that has you super excited? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I just recently started working with Damon Dash, who's really awesome. He um helped found Rockefeller Records back mm-hmm. in the day. And now he has um like a his own studio that's like film and TV studio, um, Dame Dash Studios. And so we're working with Fox right now and they're doing his programming on Fox Soul every Saturday. And cool. that's really cool. So you know, getting back into like real entertainment stuff yeah. has been really fun because yeah. I don't really get a lot of those clients here in North Carolina. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so doing that's really fun. And and I have a couple of clients that I just signed um, this week. So it'll be like really good stuff. So I'm excited to, to get going again because when I'm busy, I'm always at my best. So yeah, yeah, me too. Well, thanks so much for yeah. coming in. Yes, well, we'll great. come back and do another manifestation specific episode. I know. Episode. I know. It's I know. specifically about manifestations yeah. and how to listen to your gut. Yep. There yeah. we go. Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Melinda, we picked a whiskey ginger, specifically make it with Jameson. We hope you'll get the chance to make it this week and cheers to not being a pain in the ass to yourself. To learn more about Melinda and her business, visit melindajacksonpr.com or follow her on Instagram at melindajacksonpr and at melindagale. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.